Hello and welcome. This is Reverend Mark Bishop, Interim Pastor here at St. Paul United Church of Christ in Wapakoneta, Ohio, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. We say this because we try to live God's extravagant welcome. You are always welcome to be a part of our family at St. Paul UCC here in Wapak. May God bless us abundantly as we worship together. Stepping into time, I'd like us to pray the scripture together. And that's so perfectly that Karen picked Blessed Assurance, because this is a verse of assurance from Psalms. So just close your eyes, get comfortable, and just imagine that our loving God's face is smiling down upon you as we hear these words. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Amen. The Spirit has come. Say that with me today. The Spirit has come. Here we are the Sunday after Pentecost. The Sunday that's recognized as Trinity Sunday. A tradition that goes back to origins in the 4th century, uh, but wasn't official until the 14th century. Growing up Catholic and later on in life, finding a more charismatic Protestant movement. There was a time in my life where such a tradition and any religious tradition or traditional ritual for that matter made my spirit uneasy. I found myself always asking, why do we do what we do? 
Most of the time, asking these questions growing up, I never got a sufficient enough answer to get me to stop asking, but why? Maybe there are some here today that feel this same way, where something as complex and mystical as the Trinity makes us uncomfortable, or maybe a better word, perplexed. Let me assure you today that that is okay. For me, my time here spent in the United Church of Christ has helped my faith grow in such a way that I have found new life, new meaning, and new importance in many of the same traditions and rituals of my past. But never have they been more alive than the season I find myself in now. From my first Sunday worshiping with you, the United Church of Christ's extravagant welcome has helped me realize that we all have different paths. And at our best, we choose to walk, we choose to walk together in worship, even with the differences in the turns and sways of each of our individual physical, mental, and spiritual paths. The thing about the Trinity is often we find ourselves getting caught up in trying to figure out how does this work. Just the same as we, we may want to figure out how a roller coaster works or figuring out why the sky is blue. Well, even though I am going to show you this awesome handy dandy graphic, And we may look at this and say, okay, I get it. Yet the more we think about it and the more we ponder its possibilities and what this means, if you are human, I'm sure you still find yourself saying, okay, maybe I still don't get it. So today I'd like to, for us to step out of our humanness for just a moment and look at ourselves from more of a disciple point of view. Allow our minds to let go of figuring it out and focus our minds on the fact that if we want to be what God wants us to be, if we think we are going to do what God wants us to do, we need all three pieces. Just let that sink in for a moment. We need all three pieces. We need the Father, the loving parental, the creator, the divine giver, the still small voice. We need Jesus Christ, God with us, the human example, the teacher, the one who conquered death. And we need the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the gift, the peace that energizes us, that high-speed fiber optic direct connection to God made possible through Jesus Christ. 
As we look at the gospel text from today, at this point in Scripture, an official doctrine of the Trinity is still at least two and a half to three centuries away. But still Christ says, Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Matthew has only a fragmentary doctrine of the Trinity at this point. But Matthew realizes that there is something to it and realizes that there is something to these three pieces. And there is something very special and powerful that binds them. The scripture in Matthew is often known as the Great Commission. The scene is one that can possibly be seen with near comic irony. Jesus says to the eleven, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Yet these eleven, amongst them, are still many doubters. Even after what they've just seen. Then what Jesus tells them is even harder to rush to believe. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This here obviously isn't nations as we know it today. It's something more like foreigners or tribes of people who are not like you. These disciples knew the scriptures. They knew God had promised Abraham that all the tribes of the earth would bow before Israel's God. But like a lot of things in the Bible, this was a truth easier to swallow when it was a nice thought in a prayer book rather than something you were expected to strap on your boots and get done. Telling this band of confused and disoriented disciples that they were to herd all the people of earth to Mount Zion in the name of Jesus would be like me standing here in front of most congregations today and telling them, go into all the world and cure cancer. End Alzheimer's. Clean up the environment. Evangelize all the nuns, those who for whatever reason when asked what religion they are have chosen none. And while you're at it, establish world peace. Well, Anthony, you know that's impossible. And that there is the point, or very close to it. The very fact that the task is utterly impossible throws the disciples completely onto the strength and mercy of God. All of God. The work of the church cannot be taken up unless it's true that all authority does not belong to the church or its resources. We must rely on all the parts of God to take up this great commission. Because I do believe that cancer is curable. I believe that Alzheimer's can be ended. I believe our environment can be saved, and I believe that peace can be brought to this earth. But I believe that to take on this work, and I pray that with each passing day, more of us choose to do so, to take on this work, we must take on the work with the understanding that we take it on 
with the entirety of the Godhead, the entirety of the kingdom of God, the entirety of God's people, the generations that came before us, the generations in which we live now, and the generations that come after us, and the entirety of the three facets of the Trinity, God the creator, the giver, God in Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, and God's comforter, the gift, the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who do not know yet, as Pastor Mark takes a much-needed summer hiatus to reconnect with Susan, his wife, and to visit their grandchildren and each of their children on opposite ends of the country. I have been asked to step up as the pastor for this summer. This Tuesday, I will be traveling to Tiffin to stand before the church and ministry team where, ironically, Pastor Mark is a member. And I will be officially approved for status as an authorized, licensed minister within the United Church of Christ. Granting me privilege to live into the fullness of the calling as pastor and ability to administer the sacraments as it befits my ministry with you here at St. Paul Wapakoneta. Though we have a few guests scheduled, I look forward to leading worship with you on a weekly basis until Pastor Mark returns in September. So for the remainder of the summer, it has been on my heart to share with you some things that have really been blessing and enriching my life recently. As the people who are called each and every one of us to this great commission, there are things we do throughout our faith journey. There are focuses that we find ourselves doing. I'm currently calling them faith practices. Unlike spiritual gifts or fruits of the Spirit, there are no specific lists in Scripture of specified faith practices. But there are many scriptures that do tell us of things or hint toward things that we should do as faithful followers of Christ. So in gathering some resources, I've chosen 11 faith practices. And that brings us to our first scripture reading today to give us a hint or a definition of what I mean by faith practices. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So when I give the list of faith practices, I'm simply meaning anything we do in word or deed in the name of Jesus Christ. Why 11? Well, Basically, there are 11 weeks that I have to preach while Pastor Mark is gone. These practices are a list of things we do and we do and we do, and so often do them without paying much attention. Or sometimes we've done them for so long that it's just habit now. 
or we feel like there's nothing new to learn from them. And that right there is my challenge to you this summer. To go on this journey with me to dig deeper into these faith practices. To find the hidden gems within them. To help us even now to strengthen our relationship with the kingdom of heaven and the triune God. So that will be my summer sermon series. Be ready, be prayerful, that God will open our minds, ears, and hearts when it comes to things such as blessing and letting go. Experiencing beauty. Rest and keeping Sabbath. Praying and making ritual. Giving and receiving, giving and receiving hospitality. Not just reading, but encountering Scripture. Discovering gifts of ministry. Witness and telling our stories. Working for justice. Playing and living joyfully. And living stewardship. As we finish today, Matthew's gospel begins with the genealogy of Jesus. An account of his human ancestry. It's filled with names connected to lives and stories of a particular people who journeyed, struggled, and wrestled with God who was faithful and true through it all. The narrative ends with this passage that opens wide the net beyond, the peop- beyond that specific people group. The genealogy begins with Abraham and emphasizes David. The Great Commission reminds us that God is the creator and lover of all creation. The power, energy, and love that spoke the world into being has been gifted to us human creatures. The authority of the tree and God delegates care responsibility, and stewardship of creation into our hands. So today we go in the name of the voice, the body, and the spirit with authority. We pray that you have found blessing and enrichment in joining us for worship today, as we are truly blessed to have you worship with us. Peace and blessings to you, and thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support the ministries of St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, you can do so in three ways. First, you can mail in your gifts to St. Paul at P.O. Box 147, Wapakoneta, Ohio, 45895. Secondly, you can send your gifts online from our website, stpaulucc.com. Lastly, you can text the amount you would like to give by texting us at 844-971-1800. Come join us again at St. Paul United Church of Christ here in Wapakoneta, 
where, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here.